Welcome back to Raving Geeks, everyone. Uh, this is Brendan Valentine, uh, Hope Goodrell, and Isaac Hunter uh, coming at you this week with some uh, important news. We just got a three and a half hour long live stream from Disney for their, um, I don't know, shareholders or investors meeting. Um, so that is the majority of what we're going to be talking about today. It was a lot of stuff, over 50 brand new titles that we hadn't heard of yet before that meeting. So there's going to be a lot to talk about. So we're just going to get right into it today. Um, so first up, we got our quick intro question. Since uh, this this whole episode is going to be Disney Plus related, uh, we're going to ask our hosts uh, what their favorite streaming service is. So Hope, do you want to start? Yeah, okay. Um, so my favorite streaming platform is either Netflix or Disney Plus. Sometimes Prime Video, but a lot of times I have to buy it on top of the... Uh, price that I play, pay for Amazon Prime. So Prime Video is just like if I need to. Um, but I love Netflix and Disney Plus. I mean, especially now with the announcement from Disney Plus. Um, but Netflix has been my go-to for a lot of things. So. Nice. Isaac, what about you as a geek? What's your favorite streaming service? Uh, all right. It was kind of a toss up between Netflix and Hulu, but I think ultimately I went with Hulu because like a lot of my favorite TV shows are on Hulu. And um, so that's why I like that one more. Netflix, more so, I think, movies. Uh, but with everything that's coming to Disney Plus very soon, Disney Plus is probably going to become my favorite. But as of right now, it's only my Mandalorian on there. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. See, for me, um, before, like when Disney Plus was brand new, it was still still Netflix just because it had, you know, most of the, the CW shows and everything like that, like Flash and Arrow were on there. But Disney Plus has really sucked up their game. Like I watched uh, Clone Wars and uh, Rebels for the first time on Disney Plus. I was not that huge of a Star Wars fan until, you know, about a year, year and a half ago. Um, so having both Marvel and Star Wars on Disney Plus is a huge plus for me. <laughs> no pun intended is a huge plus for me. Uh, so I got I got to go with Disney Plus, and especially after that the meeting last week. Um, so before we get into the big Disney Plus announcements, does anyone have any um, unrelated to Disney Plus geek news? Yes. So for any of you following um, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, and you know all that has to do with them, uh, that I mentioned a few episodes ago that there was a petition to remove Amber Heard from Aquaman 2. Um, That petition has now reached over 2 million signatures. So that's on uh, DC and Warner Brothers, right? Someone, okay, Warner Brothers uh, to listen to the fans and recast her or, you know, go against the fans and leave her in Aquaman 2. We'll see what happens. And of course, I will keep you updated. So either way, it's a big, it's a, that's a big statement from the fans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Two million signatures to remove an actress from a, a role, not that like, not just like a big DC Comics role, because Mira is like a big character, um, but also like a character that she's already played in a movie. So it's not just like, a, oh, you cast this person, we don't want them as that. It's this person has an established role, and there's too many people, two million people that want to remove her from that. Well, and like my other question, I didn't look too much into this because you really can't tell unless people write their comments about it um but you know i do wonder how many people are signing it 
in support of Johnny Depp and his battle against her um, in their divorce and her accusations. Um, and how much of it is people going, no, she was terrible. Don't have her again. Um, but so that's interesting. But I do get the feeling that a lot of people are definitely supporting Johnny Depp right now. So. Yeah, there's definitely that push because I know he's a he's a big fan base. Um, on my end, I know Isaac mentioned last week that uh, Cyberpunk 2077 finally was released, and apparently all those delays were not um, <laughs> not enough because there's been huge backlash, specifically on Xbox One and PS4, like the last gen consoles. The game just looks awful; like it it does not look up to the standard of what uh, fans were expecting, and um, the developers have come out uh, and said that they did not put enough time into that. They're going to be pushing out patches uh, one within the next seven days of release. So by the time this comes out, probably will be out already. Uh, And two more patches, one coming in January, one coming in February. Um, Also before that seven day patch is released, if uh, the fans wanted to return the game for Xbox one or PS4, uh, the developers were also offering full refunds. By the time this gets released, that probably won't be an option anymore. But um, I think that was cool of them to own up to that. But I I know another delay would have probably just like, I know they probably felt that it might have tanked the company and everything, but I feel like uh, one more delay to really, you know, make it look great might not have been the worst thing in the world. But moving on from that, like I said, Disney announced a lot of stuff specifically related to Disney Plus, but since they also own Hulu and ESPN Plus, they also had some updates on those streaming services. The streaming of the live stream for the investors was over three and a half hours long. Um, I took about 20 pages of notes in my little notepad here. And before we get into it, like our personal, like what we're looking forward to, uh, what we liked most about this, uh, live stream. I want to break down the three and a half hour live stream because I'm assuming most listeners don't want to um, go through through the whole hassle of watching that three and a half hours when probably about half of it is just business talk from Disney. So um, I'm going to be going over all of the high points as quick as I can, hopefully less than 10 minutes. I have my timer right here. And once I start, I'm not going to stop. So we're going to go with that. I'm going to say as much as I can in as little amount of time, and then we can get really in depth on the stuff that we're looking forward to. So uh, starting the timer now. Uh, first of all, the overall theme of the Disney Plus like shareholders meeting was that um, they're looking to make like TV more of like a movie setting. Like a lot of series that are coming out on ESPN Plus, Hulu, and uh, Disney Plus, Disney is pushing to make it like a cinematic experience within a TV show. Um, they're also looking to do more genre branching. So things like the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the Star Wars universe, that seems to kind of be their own thing pushed into one uh, genre. They're trying to do uh, some genre expansion also within Disney, Pixar and National Geographic as well. So anyone that always feels like it could be like stagnant with those companies, they're looking to branch out. Um, anyone watching the actual live stream, the first one hour, 11 minutes and 30 seconds are simply business. You can skip to that time marker if you really want to get into the Disney Plus and Hulu stuff. Um, but before that, in the, in the business section, they had a lot of business like jargon talking about it. But one point they did make is there will be at least 10 Marvel series, 10 Star Wars series, 15 Disney or Pixar series, and uh, 15 Disney or Pixar movies releasing exclusively on Disney Plus in the next few years. They said few, so my guess is like two or three with those numbers. Um, but that roughly equates to a new title every week for the next two or three years, which is 
an insane amount of content and I'm very, very excited for. Um, and they're also looking a lot of the business stuff was just flexing their business model, which is great for Disney, but not really what fans care about. They're also making an international push. So if you're uh, not inside the US and you hear about a star network coming, it's another form of a streaming service. It's Disney's general media platform. So a lot of the stuff that's on Hulu will also be on star, but it's just outside of the US. Um, that's like the sixth tile of Disney plus because they have like Disney Pixar, all that stuff. And then if you're an international consumer, you'll also have the star option, which you can buy separately from Disney plus in certain areas as well. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Disney technically owns uh, ABC, Star, Disney, Hulu, National Geographic, ESPN, Star Wars, Pixar, Marvel, and FX. So all of those titles were announced in this uh, live stream. So Hulu is expanding with the ABC and FX series. Uh, Hulu had their thing and they talked a lot about ads, but then ESPN Plus came in and they have a couple new series. If any of you watched Peyton's Places, which specifically follows like behind the scenes stuff for football, they're looking to expand that into other sports. Um, then Bob Iger came and talked before all of like the big companies like Hulu and then all the Disney Plus stuff came in and he had uh, a couple comments on uh, general content and then Hulu got into it and they announced a few new series, uh, one called Only Murders in the Building uh, and Deep Sick, also Nine Perfect Strangers. These are just titles. Um, they have a couple of notable names in them, but if you're really into new Hulu stuff, you can either watch the stream or uh, look into those shows specifically. Uh, they also announced uh, their most popular Hulu original series, The Handmaid's Tale, has been renewed for season five. The that was the first announcement on this uh, for uh, Hulu in the live stream. So FX, which is now airing things more, not exclusively on Hulu, but they're gonna start doing Hulu exclusives. Um, also announced they have four new seasons of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, one of the most popular that comes on TV. So they've been greenlit for another four seasons. Um, a couple of new series, uh, one specifically called American Horror Stories. So like a spinoff of American Horror Story, but it's gonna be like a new twist um, seems more like an anthology series that even more than American Horror Story originally is. It's like um, an amalgamation of what the whole the show was as a whole. Also, the uh, fans of The Office, BJ Novak will be releasing a new show on um, FX with Hulu. So that could be something to look forward to. Uh, FX specifically announced that they'd be producing about 30 new shows in a year, which they said on the stream that that wasn't that big of a number. But to me, 30 new shows for one network seems pretty big. So um, I'm really looking forward to that. They also announced uh, that Ridley Scott's Alien uh, will be having its first Earth-based TV series premiering on FX within the next couple of months. So that looks really cool. Now we get into the Disney Plus stuff with Lucasfilm. The first thing they started with was going over The Mandalorian and announcing that season three will premiere at Christmas time next year. So we already have a confirmed release date window for Mandalorian season three even though Mandalorian season two has not ended yet. As, at the time of this recording, we have one more episode. They also announced two spin-off series from The Mandalorian, Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka, both of which look awesome. Um, this seems to be kicking off like a Star Wars live action TV universe, which could uh, lead to further spin-offs in the future. They also showed some um, footage from the new Andor series, and this is part of the genre branching that Disney was talking about. This looks to be like a Star Wars spy thriller, specifically following Cassian Andor from 
uh, Rogue One. They also gave us an update on the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. It will be taking place 10 years after Revenge of the Sith, and Hayden Christensen will be returning as Anakin slash Darth Vader. Um, for Clone Wars fans, we're getting a show uh, about the Bad Batch, a group of clones that appeared in Season 7. Uh, anime fans will be getting an anime-based um, Star Wars series called Visions. There was not a lot of detail on it, but it looks really cool. Like, visually, could be a really, really cool Star Wars series. We're also getting a series on Lando Calrissian. It's not confirmed whether or not um, Donald Glover will be returning in his role from Solo, but it's looking likely. Uh, they're also getting a show called Acolyte, which takes place during the High Republic days. If you played um, Knights of the Old Republic video game, it's like that time frame of Star Wars. So like even before the prequels. So that could be really cool. Also, just kind of a one-off thing called a droid story following C-3PO, R2-D2, and some other droids. Um, Non-Star Wars Lucasfilm-related things, there's a movie called Willow following the movie that was uh, released and created in the 80s. Indiana Jones 5 has been greenlit. Of um, detail on that one, but from what they did say, it looked pretty cool. Um, also, a Taika Waititi directed Star Wars film. Yeah. Not much detail on that, but Star Wars, Taika Waititi and Star Wars did a great job in Marvel. Probably going to do a great job of Star Wars. And then Patty Jenkins, the director of Wonder Woman, has been greenlit to film a Star Wars movie called Rogue Squadron. So anyone uh, with background knowledge on Ro the Rogue Squadron, um, the Rebellion. It's probably going to be something along those lines. Moving on to National Geographic, they had a couple of new um, documents, documentaries coming out, one called uh, Cousteau uh, about the uh, French uh, scuba diver. That one looked really cool. Um, they also, uh, one of their new documents talking about um, the United States, actually during the pandemic, they were able to use some like military grade fighter jets to fly over completely empty national parks during the pandemic that because they were closed. So the footage they were able to show of that looks incredibly cool. Uh, they also have two documentaries coming out featuring like celebrities. There's one called Limitless with Chris Hemsworth where he um, pushes the boundaries of like what's humanly possible to try and like figure out how to like reverse the aging process is how they've been marketing it. And then an, another one called Welcome to Earth with Will Smith where Will Smith goes to a bunch of ridiculous like ridiculously dangerous but cool places around the globe they have another they have a couple other uh documentaries coming out about um one specifically about whales which looked really really cool um now moving on to disney specific stuff uh we're getting a mighty ducks reboot and emilio estevez will be returning um the uh if anyone remembers turner and hooch uh with tom hanks that will also be coming back with a reboot a movie called the Big Shot featuring John Stamos where as an NCAA, NCAA basketball coach uh, is forced to coach a girls private school basketball team for high school. It looks actually really, really entertaining. Uh, we're getting a Beauty and the Beast prequel series from the live action movie uh, featuring Gaston and LeFou. So that should be fun. Um, a reboot of the Swiss Family Robinson. And I know hopefully excited about this, a Percy Jackson and the Olympians series where Rick Riordan will be working with the creative team. Um, also, if any of you have read the book, The Mysterious Benedict Society, they are getting a movie with Disney. Oh. In terms of live action movies, we're getting Hocus Pocus 2 next Halloween. Um, Three Men and a Baby revamp featuring uh, Zac Efron, any, if any of you are fans of the original. This one looks pretty good. They weren't able to show much, but we got a bit of the cast in it. It looks entertaining. 
um, a movie called Safety, which has already been released on Disney Plus. So if you are interested in that story, feel free to go look at that. They're also looking into doing some uh, sports biopics, specifically looking at uh, um, athletes like Chris Paul and uh, Giannis, the Greek freak. Um, then we're working. They are working on a show called Flora and Ulysses, which is about a girl who has a pet squirrel that has superpowers. Um, we're also getting a cheaper by the dozen reboot specifically. This one is about a blended family. Um, I believe they said they were, uh, of mostly adopted children. So this could be a very, um, a, a new take on the classic story. Also, we're getting an animated diary of a wimpy kid series, uh, a new ice age movie, uh, but a spinoff based on the character Buck from the Dawn of the Dinosaurs movie. He was the weasel with the dagger and the eye patch. Um, a Night at the Museum animated movie, live action movie called Jungle Cruise, with Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Emily Blunt. Mm -hmm. They described it as like a more childish Pirates of the Caribbean vibe. And it looks really, really entertaining. Uh, we're getting a Lion King prequel live action series, um, which I don't know that could be just live action Lion King one and a half or a Mufasa origin story. Um, also getting live action Little Mermaid and the music will be done by Alan Menken who did the uh, music for Beauty and the Beast live action and Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, we're getting a half CGI, but mostly in real life Chip and Dale series featuring John Mulaney and Andy Samberg as Chip and Dale, a live action Pinocchio series with Tom Hanks as I believe Geppetto and um, Jiminy Cricket. And then a live action Peter Pan and Wendy movie. We're also getting a sequel to the early 2000s movie Enchanted with Amy Adams, who will be returning as Giselle for Enchanted 2, Disenchanted. We're also getting a third sister act movie with Whoopi Goldberg and Tyler Perry producing. Uh, Cruella DeVille origin story with Emma Stone playing Cruella DeVille. And then in the animation realm of Disney, we have Ryan the Last Dragon will be reduced, will be released simultaneously on Disney Plus. A first um, as a big hero six will be excited for getting a baymax series following him around san francisco working as like a superhero nurse we're also getting a zootopia series that will explore some of the minor characters from the movie um and a long porn comedy series called tiana based off of the character from princess and the frog and a musical comedy series based off moana um i was also really excited about this um a movie called Iwaju, I'm definitely butchering the pronunciation, but it's a collaboration between Disney and a, um, an African comic book company that was started up a few years ago, and they're telling a collaboration story about a, a sci-fi futuristic story, but featuring African culture. So, like, kind of gives off Wakanda vibes, but, like, more grounded in, like, a traditional um, African culture in Lagos, I believe, is where it takes place. Um, and then the next animated film coming from Disney is called Ensanto, which it takes place in Colombia and is about a magic house. Um, on the Pixar side of things, we have Soul, which is to be released on Disney Plus this holiday season. Um, and then they're, they're going to be doing these things called Spark Shorts, and they will continue on Disney Plus. And Pixar Popcorn, which will basically be, if you've seen things like the Jack-Jack Attack and the Mater stories, it's featuring classic characters, but like small bits from their uh, most popular movies. We're also going to be getting a series based on the character Doug from Up after he and Mr. Fredrickson return from South America in Doug Days. We're also going to be getting a series based on Cars where Lightning McQueen and Mater go on a road trip. 
Um, they're also doing a new, Pixar's first live action series, not live action, it's animated. Uh, their first uh, Disney Plus series called Win or Lose that follows a softball, a co-ed softball league leading up to the their uh, big championship game. And each episode takes place from a different player's perspective. So you're going to be seeing the same story, but from a different perspective every week, which looked really cool. Also, Pixar's next feature film will be called Luca, taking place in the Italian countryside and exploring the complexities of uh, childhood friendship. Um, another new series is called Turning Red where um, it's basically the Hulk, but it's a 13-year-old girl that turns into a giant red panda whenever she gets excited. <laughs> so that looked incredible. That looked really funny. Um, and then the biggest, in my opinion, Pixar thing is their next film will be a sci-fi movie about the original Buzz Lightyear, not the toy, but like the character the toy's based off of. And that character will be voiced by Chris Evans, and Captain America himself. The final section on the media release stuff is Marvel. Uh, first off, we got WandaVision will be released on January 15th. Uh, it's confirmed Elizabeth Olsen will be, is working on Doctor Strange 2 currently in filming, and that that film will influence the next Spider-Man film, which will be released in December. Falcon and the Winter Soldier finally has a release date, of, it will release date, not date, but it will be released in March of uh, 2021, and we got a trailer for it. Black Widow will be officially uh, released in theaters on May 7th. We got a new trailer for a Loki series as well, which looks incredibly good. Another genre branching uh, series from Disney Plus. It's supposed to be like a Marvel crime thriller with Loki working as a detective, which looks really, really interesting. <clears throat> and then we also have the Marvel What If series coming in summer 2021 with some spinoff storylines looking like... Um, T'Challa being Star-Lord, uh, Captain America, but instead of Steve Rogers, it's Peggy, Peggy Carter. And there looks like an evil Doctor Strange will be working in the mix, maybe corrupted by Dormammu. Um, Shang-Chi is done with production and will be released on July 9th. Uh, Miss Marvel, the series, will be <clears throat> released later in 2021 and will tie directly into Captain Marvel 2, which has not been given a release date yet. Um, the Eternals will... Uh, be released on November 5th, 2021. Uh, and it was specifically stated that this story takes place over thousands of years and explores an un unexplored region of the Marvel Universe. Um, Hawkeye series will be coming late 2021 as well. <clears throat> and Haley Steinfeld has been cast as Kate Bishop. Uh, we're getting a She-Hulk series with Jennifer Walters um, taking on the legal side of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, Tim Roth will make a return as the Abomination. Mark Ruffalo will appear as the Hulk. And more characters from the Marvel Cinematic Universe will be interacting with Jennifer Walters in her legal battles. Uh, we're getting a Moon Knight series. It was described as like Indiana Jones-esque, but specific to Egypt. And we did get the news that Os Oscar Isaac, this was not in the live stream, but it was leaked that Oscar Isaac has been cast as Moon Knight. We'll also be getting a... Uh, Iron Heart Show featuring Riri Williams, which is like a follow-up to Iron Man. If you haven't read the comics, uh, it's basically Riri's just as good as an inventor as Tony, but she's younger and is kind of like looking up to him like a legacy character, kind of like to what Peter Parker does in MCU right now, but she's more of a like armor inventor. On the Iron Man side as well, Don Cheadle will be getting his series Armor Wars, which explores the what happens to Tony Stark's um, technology when it falls into the wrong hands and it's up to War Machine to get it back. 
Uh, it seems like everyone's kind of getting their own thing, specifically like side characters, which I'm like really happy about. Um, also, Guardians of the Galaxy is getting like their own holiday special coming out with the third Guardians of the Galaxy movie, which I'm super happy got greenlit. And a side series called I Am Groot, following Groot. Um, we did not get a release date for Thor, but it will be starting production this January. And Christian Bale will be playing the villain Gore the God Butcher. Um, Blade is still set to come out with Mahershala Ali playing the titular character. Ant-Man and the Wasp 3 finally got a title with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Catherine Newton has been uh, cast as Cassie Lang, so a replacement from the uh, actress that played her in Endgame. And it is official that Kang, the Conqueror, will be the villain for that movie. They did discuss Black Panther 2, and Chadwick Boseman will not be recast in the role, but his story will continue, likely following Shuri. They didn't say that, I'm just putting that in. And we got confirmed a Fantastic Four movie is in the works. Um, they didn't, and but that's all the details we got. They didn't mention anything directly about the next Spider-Man movie, but we know it's going to be coming out in December of 2021. So after all that content, uh, they mentioned they'll be getting 100 plus new titles added to Disney Plus per year. That includes Disney Animation, Disney Live Action, Pixar, Marvel, and uh, Star Wars, and National Geographic. So that is a lot of titles. With all that comes a price increase of $1 in the United States and the equivalent of two euros in other regions. Um, but with all the new stuff that we're getting and the investment that Disney seems to be putting into the streaming service, it seems like we're good. Um, and that should, it seems like we're not going to be getting a, um, another price hike until at least 2024 based on the investment chart that they gave. Um, the big thing is they're trying to be a lot more adaptable and flexible in the streaming platform. So there could be a lot more like cosmetic updates coming our way. Um, but they did state that about 80% of the products that Disney will be producing will be going straight to Disney Plus or um, in a Disney Plus, some other format hybrid. Um, also, they did mention that uh, at the very end of the Q&A session, what they did with Mulan with the, premium, uh, the Disney Plus premium access um, could be a pandemic only thing. If people keep supporting it post pandemic, then they might keep that trend going, but it could be that's a uh, coronavirus pandemic only thing where we won't have to pay more in addition to get these premium titles, but we'll see how it comes afterwards. It's looking like no, but it kind of depends on how the consumers do it. And with that, that is every note I took um, and I went a little bit over, but I think we're good. So, I just want to add in uh, really quick. So Alan Menken did the original uh, Little Mermaid music too, um, the original animated so the fact that he's coming back for that and he's working with Lin-Manuel Miranda, like, ha! Um, also, Encanto, about the Colombian family who has magic and lives in a magic house, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda is also writing the music for that. So, like... Yes, he's been very involved with Disney. And then, quick thing for Peter Pan and Wendy, Jude Law, which, if you've been watching Fantastic Beasts or the Johnny Depp... Or uh, not Johnny Depp... Um, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, Sherlock Holmes series. He plays Watson and he plays Albus Dumbledore and he's in a whole bunch of other movies and he's awesome. He's playing Captain Hook. So like, you know, we just get they, awesome They didn't give content. a whole lot of detail on the Peter Pan and Wendy movie in the live stream. So, yeah. all I right. I think that came out after. So. Mm -hmm. so that was a lot of stuff. So if anyone wants to look up <laughs> any more details on anything, um, I'm sure there's tons over the internet. But what we wanted to talk about was 
is what we are looking forward to most. So we each have the three things that of every title that's been announced there that we're looking forward to most. So uh, Hope, do you want to start? All right. Um, so I just want to say narrowing it down to three like things was very difficult for me because I love Peter Pan. I love the fact that we're getting representation across all cultures and countries. Like it makes me so happy. But my, I will say my number one um, show that I am looking forward to may surprise you is not Percy Jackson, but it's actually Falcon and Winter Soldier because Bucky Barnes is my child and Sebastian Stan brought so much to the character, even though he didn't have many lines or much screen time, especially in the Captain America film called The Winter Soldier. Like, the fact that he brought so much to The Winter Soldier and Bucky Barnes, like, ah, okay, uh, I really need that. Plus, the dynamic between um, Sam and Bucky like the fact that we get in the trailer Bucky saying I hate you like just brings a full circle and it makes my geek heart like oh so happy um but like I also really want to see how everything has affected them both like between them both getting snapped out of existence essentially um coming back and seeing Steve for all of like five minutes before Steve's like, see ya, I'm gonna go live with Peggy um, and live out my life. Like, I'm not mad about that, okay? Like, I'm probably one of the very few people who's not mad about how Steve's storyline ended. But like, they've been through so much and they lost like their one person. And so I wanna see how it affects them. And if Marvel and Disney don't show me how things are affecting my characters we're gonna have words because like you can't gloss over this stuff Mm -hmm. Uh, Um, the part that i was most impressed by in the trailer was the way that that, um it seems that they're kind of they amped the production value on falcons like whole mm -hmm. like the wings and everything the whole scene he's like gliding through that cane i was like that looks insane that's like action spy movie ultimate like I don't know if if that's just one scene. I can't wait to see what else he does. I also like kind of appreciate that neither of them seem to have taken up the Captain America like mantle. I don't know if that's just the first couple episodes, but like we we all know that like Sam is the one that's getting the shield because of the one scene before. But it doesn't look like either of them are quite embracing that yet. So I think that's where like what you're going to say about the character development. I think that's where we're going to get it is their yeah. struggle to kind of like what does Captain America mean now. Yeah, and I think that's a big part of the series, too, because, like, as they said in the trailer, like, the S.H.I.E.L.D. has a history. Um, And, like, you know, between Steve getting it, it being the rarest metal on Earth, and it's the only amount of vibranium that Howard Stark has, um, and then being stuck frozen with him for 70 years and then coming back and then oh wait steve's got a new shield and then oh we're back to the old and you know and then of course the that shield doesn't belong to you my father made that shield and drop um like i I feel like the shield itself has become its own character but also like the mantra of captain america is just like what do you do now that the original is gone but I also kind of hope that, like, 
they do kind of like um, what they did with Rhodey, where like he kind of was wearing the Iron Man suit, but then he became his own. He became he became War Machine, and so like I kind of hope that they make like a shifted combined Captain America Falcon that maybe like Falcon uses the colors or something like instead of mm-hmm. his usual red. I mean, and that's what happened in the comics too. Like he kept he kept you know his Falcon persona he just kind of started going by captain america adopted some of the like steve rogers-esque traits but he still was sam wilson not steve rogers yeah so um uh what were your number two and number three my number two is loki not just because my cat's name is loki um oh yes he is named after loki the norse god of mischief um but also because we get the badass sarcastic loki back and, like, as much as I love the softy that Loki becomes, especially in Ragnarok, like, I need sassy Loki back. I just I'm need I'm not him. doing get help. I'm not doing get help. <laughs> like, um, and, like, also seeing some things in the trailer and then watching fan reactions after, like, um, the scene where he's on the plane and then he jumps out with the money, um... That is an actual thing and then in the, history. The Bifrost comes in. Yeah, and like that's and Marvel's trying to like say why. Hi, Loki. Sorry, my cat's now joining me. Uh, yeah, DB um, Cooper, the yeah. the dude that successfully pretty much yeah got and like, money and jumped off a plane and disappeared forever. Yep, and so like I just I want to see how they take on these events, and then of course like you know, fan things. Oh, Loki created things. And so I'm a One Direction fan. I will admit it. I'm a Directioner for life. Um, but seeing things like Loki created One Direction or, you know, Loki was actually Shakespeare. Like, I think that, you know, seeing how they tackle that is going to be and amazing. Did anyone catch that scene where it seemed like Natasha Romanoff? Yeah. Where the, there was, the, like, it looked like um, Vormir. Yeah, it was. But then, like, and it looked like Nat, but not Nat from Endgame. Nat from like Winter Soldier. Yeah. And I was like, that. And I looked that up, and everyone's speculating, but there's like no concrete information. And I'm like, is Loki gonna bring back Black Widow, or which you could know? be cool, but also I, I don't know if I'd want that. But also, like Black Widow was in the Black Widow program, so does he bring back a new, a different Black Widow? Um, but does either Loki way, start the Black Widow program. Oh jeez. <laughs> I think that would be a little dark even for Loki. Um, but yeah, so I'm really excited for to get sassy Loki back. Um, and then Percy Jackson series is number three coming in. Um, the So I've been following Rick Riordan very closely on Instagram and Twitter and like all social media. Um, I guess people have been asking when they're doing casting calls. Uh, that is not yet. They're still in development of like what they want to do and like how they're going about it. But because he is working so closely with Disney um, and Disney Plus and everything, the cast will be like actual age or at least look the actual age of the characters in the book, um, which are 11 or 12. I can never fully remember. Um and then 
Um, so, and then like also, it's going to be more accurate than obviously the movies, but also even the musical, which I mean, the musical was pretty accurate as much as a musical can be accurate on a stage and only do so much. Um, but the fact that like, you know, we're basically going to be doing each season is one of the books or like half of a book or something like, like, ah, we actually get to go in depth and see things. And as much as I'm like, I don't want to be watching 12 year olds. I'm also going, we need this. We in the Percy Jackson fandom need this series so bad. I was curious when like they announced it as a series is I I was assuming it'd be like a book a season, Mm -hmm. but if they're going to add it, like since Rick Riordan is involved and he obviously knows more about his own world than he even put in the books. So Mm -hmm. I'm I'm wondering if they're going to add more, like do more like world building for the Percy Jackson series within or with the Percy Jackson, like whole like world as a whole within this series, like maybe even go beyond the books, but it's like canon because Rick Riordan is a part of it. Well, the other thing is, besides the five books, um, he does have the Roman Gods series that ties into the Greek Gods and Percy Jackson. I love those. Yeah, the Heroes of Olympus. Yeah. Those are so good. So, like, he honestly could keep going and have, like, ten seasons. Yeah, and the Trials of Apollo after that. Mm -hmm. So, they can just... And then they can make a spinoff with uh, the Asgard... um, the gods and of the Asgard Egyptian ones. ones. Yeah, and yeah. the Cain Chronicles. The Egyptian yeah, the Cain Chronicles were awesome. Which, I love those. I'm fairly certain, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm fairly certain they said something about the Cain Chronicles is supposed to be getting a movie. That'd so, be cool. And, like, with Disney Plus 2 as well. So like That would be fun. Another title. <laughs> All right, so, Isaac, your turn. All right. Well, I'm excited for all of them. No, um, I mean, <laughs> most of them. Uh, my number one uh, is Loki. We already discussed it with her, but I'm just super excited for Loki. Um, I love Tom Hiddleston. Um, I love that they're going more into like this whole time, like, I guess, I don't know what to call it, organization that controls and like oversees like anything that's wrong in the timeline and stuff. Oh yeah, and the TVA. I think, yeah. yes. And I think it's brilliant that it's almost like, like, because Loki can live to be like 5,000 years old. So we don't know how long he'll be working for them technically. But if he's working off his sentence almost for, for, as I've heard people describe him as like, he's the smoking gun. He's, he's Mm -hmm. the only thing that they could actually take back as proof of time travel. Like, and like that the timeline got mixed up. Um, And, you know, uh, there's, just like like they show there's a part with owen wilson's character uh where he's showing loki like pictures and like videos of like stuff that's happened in avengers and like one of the brief clips is loki from thor ragnarok Mm -hmm. so i'm assuming that this loki is getting shown what his normal timeline was supposed to be so he'll ultimately see himself get killed by thanos as well i want to say first seeing owen wilson i sat there (laughs) and i went is that no, that's not. And then, like, seeing the t- the name after it, I was like, "Holy crap, he looks old." Um, I know. Like, it was weird. Without the wavy blonde hair, it's yeah. just not the same. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> wow. <but> all- <laughs> wow. 
Um, but also going to like how long Loki can live. Um, they did say, or Owen Wilson's character did say that time is different in the TVA. Yeah. So you'll catch technically, up like it could be five thousand years, you know, in the TVA. But then, um, but you know, it's only been like two months or something, you know, yeah. out in the real world. So, so in theory, like they could age Loki up and then put him back into the main MCU timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's also rumors about uh, uh, female Loki possibly um, being in the show. There's like, that's just a rumor I heard because it's like there's a girl that got hired and at one point you see her in garb that looks kind of like Asgardian. And frequently in the comics, Loki took the guise of a female, uh, sometimes even a female horse, you know, um, <laughs> many things. All right. So that's my number one. I love Loki. Uh, I wrote down a bunch of them just in case other people said stuff, but I had to say Loki. Uh, second, um, I'm actually really excited for Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania. Um, besides the fact that I love Paul Rudd and Michelle Pfeiffer, I love all of them. Um, but Kang the Conqueror is a brilliant Marvel villain. He's really like, and the great part is he's like, he's one of three characters really that's the same guy, but in different time periods of his life. And he just, he's a time traveling pirate almost. And as, that's as far as I can say, really. Uh, I'm really excited for that. Just to see the shenanigans that get up there. And also, I mean, that's assuming that means there's gonna be more, at least time, if not just alternate reality jumping, which is, <laughs> again, th this phase four of Marvel is just going to be opening up a whole new box of possibilities. Um, yeah. Also, thinking about the quantum realm, like, we get to see um, where Jane had been living, you know, and like the whole thing of how exactly they were able to use the quantum realm to time jump and like they get because well, if, if if the quantum realm is the mcu's like answer to time travel that's got to be like kang's thing yeah. but also like when they announced that it was kang i was like, like to quote um mysterio this is an avengers level threat like in an <laughs> ant-man movie like i was yeah. like that he's he's a big villain he's not just like i mean Sure, like Bucky in Winter Soldier is not like an Avengers level threat. Like Cap can take Bucky. I was like, but when I heard Kang, I'm like, that I would assume would be a, a you know a team up villain. But uh, so I'll be interested to see because it's it's looking like you know we'll have Ant Man, Wasp, and then Cassie Lang will probably get her mm -hmm. own, um, if not like her own like super suit, then like she'll at least help. So yeah. like kind of set her up for like a young Avengers storyline. So like you're gonna get the three like like you'll get the team and the two active heroes and then you have Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm -hmm. So like, and the two like retirees, but like, yes, you have a team there, but also like, it's not like, you know, Dr. Strange, um, Wanda, um, Peter Parker, you know, Rhodey. It's like, it's not all of them. It's not the same yeah. thing. Well, I, I just want to throw in the quote that Hope says um, when she's pissed off at Scott for going off with Cap um, in the second Ant-Man movie about how if she had, if he had involved her and her father that like he wouldn't have gotten caught so you know you have a good point badass, so oh she is like I don't like she can take Kang it's just like normally like thinking like MCU stuff I'm like I would in like logistics I thought they'd use Kang as like an Avengers 
an Avengers movie villain. But With, I'll be interested. I'm so glad he's yeah. in a live action. And I mean, I, I would be surprised if he was only in this movie. Like, yeah, Kang's the kind of yeah, Kang's the kind of guy that you need an entire phase about. Like, which is mm-hmm. why I think it's crazy that they're throwing him in. But I mean, then again, I mean, we threw- could get like early life Kang, and then like later life Kang comes back for revenge. Yeah, because what uh, Iron Lad is young Kang. Mm-hmm. Then there's Kang, and then there's Immortus, which is his like older form in charge of a whole nother place. Um, anyways, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about all this stuff. Uh, and then I'd say for number three is the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, because Ewan McGregor was my favorite part of the prequel trilogy, and I'm so excited to see him take up the mantle of Obi-Wan again uh, for him to, I don't know, walk around Tatooine as an old hermit. I don't know entirely what everything's going to happen, but Hayden Christensen's going to be in there. And that means we're going to have to see his face because you don't hire Hayden Christensen and then not show his face and just have James Earl Jones's voice, um, which I don't know if James Earl Jones is going to be in there, but yeah, I'm pretty sure you have to use his voice. Yes. But also wait, James Earl Jones wasn't Darth Vader's voice in Rogue One, was he? Yeah. I don't think he was. He was. What? I'm pretty I don't sure think he was. was. Well, we have the choke on your aspirations. Don't choke on your aspirations, <laughs> director. Best, like that was such an Anakin line. You can tell he's That's a dad. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to say, like, as long as they keep, you know, Hayden Christensen pretty, I'm sure there will be a bunch of women that will flock to that series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, if they don't show him, they're losing out on some money there. Just saying. And, you know, there's a chance they might we don't even know for sure if, you know, we'll just see it straight up Darth Vader walking around. Um, But it's like, we could see a lot of flashbacks Mm -hmm. of like clone Wars stuff. And then we'll be able to see Hayden Christensen, you know, running around stabbing things, but for the good guys for a bit. Um, Same thing with like, um, they might try and tie in more about like, like your force self, like your inner, like how, cause I'm sure Hayden Christensen like sees him, like there's comics where he sees himself as this like half malformed red veiny being. Um, that's just how Darth Vader sees himself. Like, and so they might be able to like, he'll look inside, like force meditate and he'll just see himself as Hayden Christensen. Mm-hmm. Um, well, cause but, like at end of revenge of the Sith, the whole point, like Yoda tells Obi-Wan, it's like, all right, you have to learn how to become a force ghost basically. Basically. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of going to be part of Obi-Wan's journey. And I think in order to do that, he has to kind of come to terms with everything that happened with Anakin. So mm-hmm. my guess is Obi-Wan might leave Tatooine. Like he won't be there the whole time. Um, I hope so. And I've heard, I've heard speculation that Obi-Wan will try and go redeem Anakin and will stumble upon the Death Star uh, because of one line in A New Hope that like makes it ambiguous um, where Darth Vader says... Um, you shouldn't have come back. So it's like, well, was he there before? And like, has Obi-Wan met Darth Vader before? And then like escaped, come back to Tatooine to protect Luke. So I don't know. There's, there's a lot they could do with it. And I'm excited that they're at least trying. Yeah. And I'm just glad that Ewan McGregor is going to be there holding our hand. (laughs) And we might get more, if we were doing flashbacks, like his relationship with Duchess Satine from Clone Mm -hmm. Wars and everything. So like, like early Obi-Wan, like, Pre, pre-Qui-Gon's death. And we're going to, you know, just add in a whole new storyline that he's actually Ray's great-grandfather or something. 
I uh, like no. they, they did the Palpatine <laughs> thing. Just stick with the Palpatine thing. If you yeah, don't don't no. make it more confusing. No. Yeah. Uh, what are you talking so. about? Make everything confusing. No, That's then the you only... don't get new Star Wars fans. Yeah, it's too hard. And I want I want more people in the hey, fandom. It, it took us <laughs> typically to get the sequels to come out for everyone to actually like really enjoy the prequels. <laughs> so we're just going to keep exactly. going this cycle of it's just going to have to keep going you, like you need to wait long enough for nostalgia to kick in <laughs> so um what and if you i got, am uh taiko ytt like i mean you're gonna get new fans right there i'm just yeah. saying he, he'll do star wars justice so like what he doing? Like, I'm hoping he gets his own original story. Like, here's the Star Wars universe. Pick something, because I think that would be very, very cool. Greedo, also, before a Star I get Wars into story. my favorites, <clears throat> please do it. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Um, before I get into my favorites, I just want to point out that with this announcement, we got confirmed nine Marvel titles coming out in 2021 alone. So we have in series, we have Wandavision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, What If, Miss Marvel, and Hawkeye. Um, I believe that is everything for 2021. Um, I don't know if Hawkeye's confirmed 2021, but at least five series. Mm-hmm. And then on the movie end, we have Black Widow coming out, Shang-Chi, uh, Eternals, and Spider-Man. Yes. So like at least nine things, I'm not totally sure on Hawkeye, but like that's a lot. I know a lot of it's delayed from 2020, but like even five projects a year is awesome, but 10, I'm so excited. <laughs> so um and then getting into that um what i am most let me just go through my notes because like i I highlighted the stuff that i really really care about um i mean you wrote 20 pages so i did write 20 pages there was so much stuff (laughs) i care about it all but it's like there's so much stuff i wish we could talk about we just don't have time um (laughs) so uh Oh, okay. So I know this one, like, we didn't get a lot of details on it, but I'm really, really excited for the that Acolyte series. Like, I'm a huge fan of, like, the High Republic, um, like, lore and everything, where they're, like, before the Rule of Two, we get, like, the Jedi versus Sith. Um, I don't know if they could, the exact timeline of it, but we could get the, the Jedi versus the Mandalorians, like, that whole war. And if you don't know the background of that, um, instead of using blaster bolts, uh, against the Jedi because they could just reflect them with their lightsabers. Uh, the Mandalorians reverted back to normal bullets so that when the, the Jedi went to deflect them, they just explode. <laughs> and like, it, uh, it was, that's just the funniest thing I've ever heard in the Star Wars I want uh, to line, ask but, a question, but I don't want to ruin Mando for people. Um, uh, we can give a spoiler warning, fast forward about okay. 45 seconds. Wasn't the Mandalorian looking for a Jedi to take care of baby Yoda? yes okay um yeah the, there's there's beef between the jedi and the mandalorians it's just yeah. it, it, it's complicated it's not like beef like jedi versus sith but it, it's beef um but anyway uh so acolyte looks really cool like just exploring that like time frame of the the star wars universe i'm really excited for um also i know i like i didn't mention like i wasn't able to pronounce it right but the uh, Iwaju, the collaboration between Disney and uh, I believe the uh, comic company is called uh, Kugali. That, like, from what they gave and what they talked about, that looks so cool. It looks like one of the most original things I've seen in a while. 
um, they're taking like their traditional African culture and then working with Disney, one of the biggest corporations in the world to kind of like bring something very new. It's like, I'm a big sci-fi fan. So like the sci-fi world, but the traditional African culture, like how our culture would develop unhindered for thousands of years. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, that's really cool. <laughs> like, I'm very, very, very excited for that. Um, I'm really excited that like they're bringing in and I hate just saying just African culture because Africa is a continent and there's so many different countries there. But I like, believe the, the culture they're going from is North Central Africa. That's where they're pulling okay. from. But like, like, I love that we're getting that because as, you know, Americans or anywhere else in the world, you might not know about their culture or anything that goes on. So like the fact that we're getting authentic um, information and authentic representation is what like makes me so happy especially nowadays where we need the representation and accurate representation mm -hmm. I had never heard of the comic company before either but now it's like on my list of things to look into because I'm like I, yeah. I had no idea um, and the, the news headings that they, they showed when they were announcing it is that um, Kugali was going to give Disney a run for their money in terms of storytelling. And I was like, okay, they got to be good then if they're, if they're going to make those claims. Yeah. Um, all right. And then uh, number three was the new Marvel series armor wars. Um, I, I've loved Don Cheadle as um, war machine. And I felt like Rhodey kind of always got like sidelined, like Iron Man two, mm -hmm. like he's, he's just kind of the sidekick. He's basically just Iron Man. Then you, he gets thrown in the iron Patriot armor and Iron Man three. And like, that's kind of, not fun yeah um and then he gets lasered <laughs> yeah. by vision the mind stone yeah. so like but the whole i feel like the the armor wars could be really cool bringing up um like uh, if you remember uh hammer industries from iron man 2 i feel like that they're, they're gonna come in like what was the quote from robert Downey jr is like you know, a company is like 10 years away from replicating my armor, hammer industries, maybe 15. Well, it's been 15 years almost. By the time that comes out, it will have been 15 Ooh. years. So other people should be able to make Iron Man armor. So I'm like, this could be legit. This could be a legit storyline and I'm glad they're exploring it. Like, I just feel like that one has the most potential to be something really, yeah. really cool and to like keep Iron Man going without bringing Robert Downey Jr. back into the role. Like something really exciting. They're doing the same thing with Ironheart, but like, I'm and I'm excited for Reed Williams and... Um, like live action but like with don Cheadle as the established like side character i'm kind of glad like the same with falcon and the winter soldier that he's kind of stepping into his own yeah. in a role in that show and if oh go ahead i was gonna say marvel is sneaky if they bring in hammer industries and it's been 15 years they are sneaky 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 and they're gonna make people go back and rewatch. just be like what are they referencing yeah, so phase four is it's looking like like all of the side characters from the first three phases are kind of stepping into their own like we're getting the hawkeye series with kate and kate bishop coming in so they're kind of having hawkeye step into more of a mentor role rather than just get the guy with the bow and arrow like the kind of the hawkeye we started to see in avengers age of ultron but like more in his own um and then we're getting roadie coming in so my prediction for phase four was always that they're going to get like a, a dark Avengers, like an evil Avengers mm. team up of like underutilized villains. And then all the underutilized heroes that are still left are going to come back and fight them. So with Abomination coming back in the She-Hulk series, potentially getting like an evil Iron Man counterpart with Hammer Industries. 
Um, and then we still have um, Thunderbolt Ross is around, so we could get a Red Hulk as well. So like, there's all of these stuff um, with Secret Invasion that could be a, like with that series coming up, that could be another way to work in more like Earth-based Dark Avengers type villains. And while that's happening, you know, maybe we get Kang or Galactus kind of looming in the background for Phase Five, and that's when Young Avengers comes in because Kang and Galactus are too much for the normal Avengers. Um, which, yeah, and bringing in, like, I guess, Young Avengers, I guess, like, because younger Kang, Iron Lad, fought on a team with Speed and Wiccan, which are uh, Scarlet Witch's children, and we know from the Scarlet Witch trailers that she's seen as pregnant and also with children, and so maybe that's a way to just ultimately get a Young Avengers Phase 5 thing going on. I'm so like Marvel or Disney's doing a lot with like Marvel Kevin Feige. They've done a great job with the MCU mm-hmm. so far, but like after Endgame, that's like a big thing to overcome. And I think they're doing an awesome job pulling like new new stuff. Well, I also want to know where Mysterio is coming back into all this. I mean, he's technically you know Jake Gyllenhaal is dead, but like there was the other dude dead. that like he pissed <laughs> off, and also like comic book characters are they really dead dead um but like i'm just like when are they coming back because peter parker's identity got revealed so like what y'all doing why aren't without you tying me? into multiverse of madness like there's no way that sticks like yeah yeah oh well well there's a, if, there's, oh, go for it, there's only one character that's ever ever truly dead in marvel and that's uncle ben <laughs> oh yeah he just dies every time just like bruce wayne's parents in dc yeah <laughs> um unless i guess flashpoint thomas wayne's alive <laughs> yeah really um all right well we've gone over a lot today lots of titles lots of new stuff to look forward to probably everything that i mentioned in my quick tirade um we will bring up again at some point in future podcast episodes uh, but this was just a lot and as geeks I mean, you you can't consider yourself a geek if there wasn't one thing in this like list of a hundred titles that are going to be coming out in the next year that didn't like make you want to like get up and scream, give you goosebumps, just freak out a little bit. Is there there is so much stuff to look forward to, um, and after the long depressing year, kind of like we didn't get our our big blockbuster movies, we didn't get all this stuff. This this is like a, a light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing to kind of have stuff to look forward to. So I've been very happy. Um, yeah. I do have, do either yeah, have I was gonna media say, recommendations for our audience before we leave today. That's, I was just about to say that I do have a media recommendation while we're waiting for all of our Disney stuff. Um, so this movie has been out on Netflix for a few months. And honest, it's been on my list of stuff to watch, but I didn't like sit and watch it until a couple nights ago. Uh, the movie Triple Frontier with Charlie Hunnam, Ben Affleck, Oscar Isaac, Garrett Hedlund, and Pedro Pascal. Um, So I will say I was expecting just like a little bit more action, but also like thinking about it, it would have overwhelmed the movie if there had been a little bit more action, like what I was thinking. Um, But it was really good. And like I was on the edge of my seat a couple of times going, oh crap, what's going to happen? Oh no, this is going to happen. No. Um, Yeah. But it was really good. And to watch those five actors work together, like relatively big name actors or actors that are coming into being big name actors, like it was really good. Um, So I highly recommend that one. 
Um, yeah. And also you get to see Oscar Isaac and Pedro Pascal talking in Spanish to each other, which is beautiful. So. Oh, you mean uh, Poe Dameron and Din Djarin? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Isaac, do you have anything for us? Um, well, uh, media, nothing, not new media, but if you want to re, uh, really understand who Gore the God Butcher is for Thor 3, you, four. Thor 4. Yeah. Love and Thunder, uh, you could read the Gore the God Butcher like comic series and it's really good and Gore is kind of terrifying because he butchers gods. Um, it's a good read. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we're getting Sif back. Finally, we're getting Lady Sif back for God and Thunder. For love and thunder. Oh, yeah. uh, we're also getting yeah. Natalie Portman back as Jane Foster, yeah. and supposedly she'll be getting the title of Thor. Of the Thor, rumor. yeah. So I'm excited for that as well. Um, all right, media recommendations for me. With all the new Star Wars stuff, I'd highly recommend revisiting the old Star Wars stuff. Um, apart from just the nine movies and four series, there's plenty of other things to explore, like books and comic books. Um, if you just look up, like on the Star Wars canon material, there's like at least like a year's worth of stuff to look over. So any of that definitely worth looking into with all the new stuff coming up because i'm sure there's going to be references um especially in acolyte like to the high republic um things from the vader comics uh, if you really in the kenobi series i'm sure will be uh, mentioned so i'd go for those and if you're looking for um, a nice action thriller i recently watched the movie eagle eye with shia labeouf um it's about um this kind of like ai technology they use to stop crime um, but it like targets Shia LaBeouf, who's not like supposedly supposed to be part of it. It's a very like it's complicated, but it's also really really good. So highly would highly recommend. So I do. I, I want to add in really quick because if you're gonna recommend people watch Star Wars and like just make it general, you should at least tell them where to start. Like you know, because there is the debate of you watch the prequels first, you watch four, five, six, one, two, three, or I would do you watch start four? Okay. You start four, five, six, one, two, three, seven, eight, nine. Um, but in, in general, like I, I highly recommend just looking up Star Wars canon material and then just look through the list because it'll list it in timeline order. Um, it's not like none of the materials like super necessary to read in a certain order, but there's just so much stuff there that even I didn't know about. I've maybe scratched like 10%, like, like really yeah. only scratched the surface of it. So there's so much stuff to look at beyond just movies in the series that, um, you know, I, I would assume most Star Wars fans have seen all the movies and at least watched one of the series. But like the books and the comics are just as good and just as fun. So I've read the Vader comics. Those are super good. So I highly, would highly recommend. But um, I think that is our time for the day. So uh, thank you all for uh, joining us. Um, and we will uh, come back at you probably not next week because we have the holiday season coming up. But uh, we will see you in a few weeks. So this has been uh, Hope Guttural, Isaac Hunter, and Brendan Valentine with your Raving Geeks podcast. And uh, stay geeky and have a great week, y'all. <laughs>